0: Hi, I'm BK, and welcome to No Trigger Warnings Podcast. We will be talking to Sweetheart today, who is a sweetheart, (laughs) and she's going to talk to us about her journey, trying to conceive over 40. So we'll say hello to her. Hello. Hey. Hi. I'm just going to jump right into things. Uh, I know a little bit about you. I know that you had children before you were 40. Right. And did you have any trouble conceiving them, or...?
1: My first, no. I mean, I had her when I was in my 20s. So that was like, you know, a breeze. But I had my second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth. So I had them when I was 35, 36, 37, 38, and 40. I think it was roughly something like that. So I had like one each year, give or take. The only problems I had up until the sixth one was repeat losses. So I kept having losses. And at the time, I just kind of thought, well, maybe this is just something that happens. And it was usually usually really early, you know, within like the first, like week five or week six. So let's see, my second, I conceived her without a hit, You know, got pregnant when I was 35, no loss. Right, had her, everything went smooth. I was like, this is like a normal pregnancy. I had no anxiety, nothing, right? So... And that was one of those where I like took one test, got a positive yeah. and I was like, Cool, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Never tested again. Yeah. Well, after her with my third, that was when I started having the early losses. I got a positive, then mm. I was like, Great, I'm pregnant. But then I don't know why I tested again. I think maybe then I had joined some online yes, I and know. I had a lot of people taking more tests. So I was like, Maybe I should take another Same. test. And that was when, you know, it started getting lighter and I started And you were how old I was thirty six. Okay. That was definitely AMA. I was getting up there. So Okay. That happened with him when I was conceiving him. It happened with the next one. With the next one actually I got pregnant and I found out the baby had Down syndrome when I did the the non invasive prenatal testing. So I was only 37, but still I was older. So my eggs were getting older. Yeah. But that still hadn't really clicked to me. I was just kind of like, oh, this, you know, this is something that happened. I wasn't thinking about the age thing. Yeah. And so I ended up losing her, at like, in the 14th week, which was oh. really traumatizing for me.
0: Oh. But then I got
1: pregnant soon after. And did I carried him to term. Um.
0: Do you mind if I ask? And then, did, no, I don't mind. Did that happen, like, at home when you lost her or? Actually, it wasn't, it it was a DNC. So, oh, yeah, I went in okay.
1: for a scan and at, like, 14, 13 and a half weeks, 14 oh. weeks, and then she had no heartbeat. And she had had one the week before,
0: so oh. she was doing
1: okay, but, um, yeah, so they did a DNC, which
0: was my first. I know that, like like you, I kind of, I know we both sort of have a little bit of, you know, higher anxiety during the beginnings of pregnancies. And when you, yeah, when you have that experience, when you go in and you, you know, the, the heartbeat is stopped, you know, that's a hard thing to get past. so That
1: was like a turning point. Yeah. Like that really traumatized me. I was still like, okay, well, this must be because I was a little older, but everything's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. I... Mean, I had one loss, like another chemical, which yeah. I was expecting at that point, and then conceived him the next month, carried him to term. Okay. And so with the next one, I thought this, was, this would be my sixth. I kind of expected the same thing. I thought, well, I'll probably have a loss, you know, an, a chemical or two, but yeah. then I'll get pregnant with him. No big deal. No. Wrong. So I had a chemical. And then the next month, I think I had another chemical. Then, like two or three months passed with nothing, and then the next month after that, at this point, it had been like you know seven months, which isn't like really long in T P C time, but for my yeah. history, that was feeling like kind of like whoa, this is kind of different. Yeah, that pregnant again, had another chemical. But at that point, I was starting to think mm. like, what is going on? That's when I started researching, and that's when I realized like how ignorant I was. I was like, wait a minute, this is my age like I'm getting old so it seems
0: that right at 40 there was a pretty big difference from I mean at least when you were in your mid-30s to late 30s you were getting pregnant but then at 40 it was kind of like okay all right
1: it's like there was a steep decline all of a sudden there's something changed Yeah. yeah so this is this is like I feel like when you trying to conceive by itself is like a really lonely journey for people because It's not the kind of thing you can just go around talking to people about, like, hey, I'm trying to get a new job or something like that. Like, it's really personal. It's really private. It's full full of all these stresses and anxieties, like losses, testing, trying to plan the timing of your conception, all these different things that are really personal. Most people can't relate unless they've been through it. So it's pretty lonely. And when you're trying to do it when you're 40 and above,
0: yeah. it's worse
1: because then you have that extra thing thrown in where like it's going against you you know what I
0: mean yeah, yeah every day is going against you yeah
1: and even if you line everything up perfectly and all that
0: your odds obviously- that's what I was I was just thinking the same thing I mean in your when I was 20 I could say oh okay I want to have my baby on September 15th so I'm gonna have sex on blah blah blah, blah like December whatever okay. and it would work and I would have the baby on that day because I would get pregnant right, right. like pregnant that night the night that I decided right Yeah, so it's a big, huge difference. None of that even matters anymore because we don't even have that choice, no.
1: Right, and if your husband's in a bad mood or your partner, it's not like, well, we'll try again next month. It's like, well, next month I'm a month older and (laughs) my eggs are a month older and so
0: we can't miss this month, so it has to happen tonight. I know, that's difficult. (laughs) That's a really difficult one. Even when you're seething at each other, you're like, okay. So you had a uterine window in that fifth pregnancy and the sixth pregnancy.
1: When I delivered my fifth baby, he was, it was my fifth C-section, but it was my fourth C-section within, oh, uh, four years. So I had them really close together. So they always recommend you wait 18 months between C-sections. Is
0: that that what they recommended?
1: Well, with my surgeon, he said that six months was fine because he knew I was older, okay. so here we are again.
0: He yes, knew... I've heard that as well, you know, if you're older, you know, six months, so, okay.
1: Right, exactly, so he said six months was fine, you know, obviously we don't have 18 months to, like, sit no. around waiting around. To, you no, know.
0: we just have 18 months. Anyway, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so I did that, and so everything went fine, but then with my fifth, when when they went in for the C-section, I remember the nurse in the in the operating room, saying, "Oh my gosh, I can see the baby's hair," and this was before they even, you know, oh, cut me open. So yeah. the
0: window
1: actually is the spot where your uterus is so thin oh
0: that it's gosh. a window. Into so, your and if if she could <laughs> see that baby's hair, that's very thin. I'm sure the uterus is. is thin at that point, but I mean, right. I don't know if it's like a quarter of an inch thick or an eighth of an inch or a millimeters. I have no idea.
1: I've looked it up before, and I don't remember either, but okay. there is a measurement that it's supposed to be. But yeah. It's not, you're not supposed it's, to see through it. No, for sure. you're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> right.
0: Did you get scared when she said that?
1: I was, because I knew I wanted another baby, and so I was kind of thinking, oh, my gosh, is this something, you know? And so I was asking yeah. on the surgical table, I was like, well, what do we do? Is this something you can fix? Because he knew okay. I wanted another one, too. Okay. Because I would already told him, you know, when you stitch me up, like, Please keep in mind, I want another baby. Okay. I don't think it makes a difference, but either way, you know. Oh, no, yeah. And so he said, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I can I can fix it. We'll do a repair. So, you know, he supposedly repaired it. When I realized kind of when I was trying to conceive the six that like, wait, there's a problem here. Like, I'm, I'm not getting pregnant. I'm having, I am, I'm having all these losses or I'm not like, this is not the same as it was in previous years. That's when I went and I got the help from a reproductive endocrinologist. So I was yeah. like, I need to do something. I need to, like, up my game a little bit here. This isn't yeah. working. Yeah. And I started researching online. I started Googling, like, getting yeah. pregnant over 40, you yeah. know, and I found groups online and, like, online forums of other That's women exactly
0: what I did, too.
1: 40 and over, right, started getting all this information, and that opened up a whole new world to me of, like, Didn't oh, it... my gosh, I need to be consistent.
0: Yeah, brain. I need I never felt any sort of support or comfort in that in this whole journey until, you know, I started talking to other women my age, right. me, feeling the exact same way. I didn't even know there was other women out there doing this. I was like, I felt totally alone. <laughs> like I was the only exactly. one on earth. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you realize there's all these other people that feel the exact same way yeah. you do. And I guess it feels a little bit less lonely. So to answer your question, though, so I I, I set up the appointment with the, you know, the already... And I did a couple of medicated cycles, and then I did conceive him. So that worked. I think there was one more loss in there, so there was four total. But then I did conceive them, and that worked.
0: So with the last baby, you got the uterine window came back. It did. Okay. Yes. yes. And they saw that um, right away? Yeah.
1: So they were... They were specifically looking for it, since they knew I'd had that history, but they really weren't worried. So they just said kind of, well, we'll just deliver you at 36 weeks. You know, windows are somewhat common. We see them all the time when we do C-sections. Don't worry about it. So when I went in for the anatomy scan, the maternal fetal medicine specialist said, he said, hmm, I see a suspicious area in your uterus. So he sent me for an MRI. So they wow. did the MRI at 23 weeks, and it came back showing that there was another a uterine window. So this okay. one was three, I think two or three centimeters at that time. The last one had been six centimeters, and he said it was, you know, one of the biggest ones he'd ever seen.
0: The one from your so, fifth pregnancy?
1: Yes, With was six centimeters wow. at delivery. Okay. So this one was like two or three centimeters at 23 weeks. So, okay. I think when you have a window, you know, they want to look at the measurement of it. They want to kind of monitor it, but there's really nothing they can do. It's asymptomatic. It was for me, you know. Okay. I mean, I, I would never have known, yeah. honestly. Um, they just put me in the hospital. They said, you've got to go in the hospital. You could rupture at any time. We don't, you know, we don't know how to, how to handle this. And they just stuck me there. And they just had me kind of sit there until 34 weeks
0: gosh. in case I
1: ruptured. I'm During right COVID,
0: there. your kids couldn't visit?
1: No, COVID, my kids didn't visit. It was awful. It was really awful. And oh, they had gosh. me thinking, like, at any minute, I could rupture. And I may not go home with my baby. Of course, I'm panicking because I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've been through so much to conceive this baby. Like,
0: No, I remember and you know for uh, some of the guests that are coming on we kind of know each other a little bit you know from just kind of online and stuff so when i say things kind of like oh um i remember you you it's just because we've kind of talked for a few years while we've all been trying to conceive and i hope other people out there feel very welcome to to write and come on the show too i just i hope everyone who needs to come on and share does so you
1: no, because the group that you know, we were a part of is one of the things that got me through that eleven week hospital. Gosh, day. yes, that's it
0: what happened. I was gonna say. I remember when you were so scared of that. We were like, gosh, I have no idea. Why are they sticking you in there? Is it what's happening, you know? I mean, it's so Yeah, and I think I think a lot of women
1: end up with windows that have had multiple C sections, maybe not a lot, but I don't think it's such a rare thing from what I've okay. been told in my research, you know, if you've had I mean, sometimes even one, and I've known women that had, you know, I I connected with a woman online that I talked to a lot when I was in the hospital, because she was going through the same thing, and she had only had one C-section, and she had a window, Um, so, you
0: know, it can happen with one,
1: or it could happen
0: with your cysts. Exactly, and with my pregnancy, I mean, I had my cesarean 15 years before I had the accreta happened. So I was kind of like, really? Oh, yeah, I mean, please. 16, 15 years? Are we, are you kidding? So even after, not just after one, but after much time, I mean, I think that's important to remember too. It, you would think you're in the clear. After yeah, all. Yeah. Hell yeah, you would, but no, no, you're not. <laughs> never, right. never in the clear. <laughs> but, um, but
1: yeah, I think not waiting the recommended time does definitely increase your risk.
0: Um, but I think it's pretty um, anyways, awesome that you didn't have one up until the 5th. You spent how many weeks then in the hospital with him? I
1: was there 11 weeks. Oh my gosh.
0: Um,
1: and then after he was born, he was in the NICU, but I was blessed with the opportunity to go stay with him in a family room. Oh. So I stayed with him almost one more week um,
0: before he
1: was discharged. So.
0: That in itself is an extremely difficult pregnancy. It
1: was. It was so <laughs> worth
0: it. I mean, he's, he's amazing. Is, is that so, him? Um, is that him in the background?
1: It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hear him, I'm sorry about that. He stays like Velcro to me. Oh. <laughs> so And kind of me to him, too, I gotta admit.
0: Oh, so, that's you know. so sweet.
1: You know how it is. Uh huh. <laughs> when you have a nickel opening, right? You yeah. feel a little
0: overprotective of them. Yeah, I, they cling to you and you cling to them, so. Is this a good place to share that you're pregnant now with number seven?
1: Yes. After that, I thought I wanted to have one more in spite of all that, but I thought, you know, took almost a year last time. It'll probably take a year longer. In fact, I was thinking, I don't know if I'll even be able to conceive. I thought I might have to adopt an embryo or something like that. I mean, that was kind of my plan, honestly, but I thought We'll try a couple months first and just see if anything happens. Well, the very first time we tried, I got pregnant. And That's... I thought, well, surely something's going to be wrong. Like, there's no way I just got pregnant and, like, the baby's healthy. No freaking way. <laughs> well, the, the the panorama test came back. Baby was healthy. So,
0: healthy, little oh boy. So, I'm so... 20 weeks along now. So, so... Did you do anything differently with these two besides? So the last one you went to the re, and that's do. You, do you feel that that's what helped you in the end? I do. Get pregnant? And I was
1: taking things like I was taking, you know, like the ubiquinol and supplements I read about online in message forums that people recommended. But I think that and the medications helped. I really do.
0: Yeah, I I got you know, yeah. I think, oh, go ahead. No, I got pregnant too the first time I went to the re.
1: I mean, I partly attribute it to you because it was your recommendation, Gonal-F, that I kind of piggybacked on. I was like, well, this worked for her. Maybe I should try this, the same Gonal-F and Letrozole protocol. Isn't that what you did? Yeah,
0: that is what I did. And, you know, it worked for me first time, too. So I was really happy (laughs) that he added that extra boost at the end. Yeah. Did you use the light on that pregnancy? I did not, and it
1: was strange, because I read about it, I I saw where you had mentioned it in some groups, like, at first, you might think, this is weird, Yeah. but once I read all the data, all the research, and then I saw all these women getting positive tests after using it, Yeah. so I had it, like, sitting in an Amazon cart, and I was like, okay, if this doesn't work, This go around, I think at that point, it was, like, too late for that cycle to order it or something, you know, like, I don't remember, but... But I did, I got pregnant that
0: cycle. So I never ended up ordering the you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I think see, I barely started taking the... No, you're just, it was just meant to happen. It was just meant to happen. Right. Yeah, that is so, right. that's so wonderful. So how are you now? Like, how are you? How was the baby? With it being
1: my seventh C-section, of course, they're wanting to monitor things closely. So yeah. they noticed pretty early on that my placenta looked abnormal and they saw some signs of
0: accreta which I think
1: like an abnormal vascularity and yeah it, lacuna and yeah lakes, yes which that's like that, yeah right.
0: which they found in mine as well yeah and I, I did the research too and I know you did and I know that there's like criteria like if you have more than three placental lakes and they're over this amount of centimeters then it's this odds or if you have over one centimeter I you know I I did all that research and pretty much I mean, yeah, the placental lakes, if you have more than one and it's big or multiple, it's pretty much going to be a creature, yeah. is what I figured after I was done researching it.
1: So I didn't even go into it as far as you did. I actually went and like asked you online. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was as
0: yeah. Well, get I'm telling you, I, yeah, I researched the crap out of it. I was like... I, you know, wanted another one, so I, I was just like, no, this can't be. So any possible story I came across of a woman keeping her uterus, I was going to find it and put it in my arsenal against the doctors. I, I was prepared to do some pretty scary things during surgery just to keep my uterus even for a moment, you know, you go through that, okay, I got to keep it. What do I have to do? You know, Oof, it was devastating. We have frozen embryos to use for our family. Like that's our my family.
1: At the anatomy scan just a few days ago, they they confirmed, you know, it's definitely a creta. Okay. Um, you're definitely going to lose your uterus. Oh, yeah.
0: Um,
1: they do see the thin spot or the window. He said he would refer to it. So, I'm being seen by um, a bunch of maternal fetal medicine specialists this time. So, I changed doctors because I felt like the last team... They just weren't very experienced, and they they kept throughout the entire time. They kept telling me, "We just we, we don't really know what to do with this." And I, I wanted a, I wanted doctors that knew what to do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> to and you situation. said you're not in a smallish type town either. I mean, you do go to a city right. that has, which that's what surprises yes, me.
1: It surprised me too. So the people I'm seeing now, they've shown a lot of confidence as far as being able to deliver me successfully and saying, you know, we see this with reasonable frequency we've delivered a lot of people with windows um, that's so
0: important you know
1: yeah and they said we wouldn't even call it a window they said they'd call it a defect at this point
0: oh so that's it, nice it's I'm...
1: Where, yeah where things haven't healed quite correctly okay um so it could turn into a window okay. or it might not he said at my last scan he said the placement of it is um it's right where my bladder and my cervix yeah. and the placenta are all kinda of right there. So he yes. said they're all kinda of holding things together in a way. So your
0: placenta. Is,
1: you know, he said
0: kinda of holding stuff together.
1: Right. Yes. One of yeah. the biggest dangers was ruptures, Like it fell into baby. Right. So he said, I don't think we're at a risk of that. We've got all these other structures kinda of holding things mm. in. It's still really scary to me.
0: But <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's your trial, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm trying to
1: trust them,
0: though. So- well, and you're kinda- getting closer and closer to viability, which is reassuring, but also it's kind of a catch-22 in a way, because once you are 24 weeks, if the baby's born, there's a good chance that it will survive, and there's a good chance that it will survive right? with, you know, quite severe problems. Quote, problems are kind of relative. I mean, maybe I would see something as a severe problem and someone else wouldn't. Parenting is very difficult. With a child that doesn't, you know, have special needs or extra needs, that changes your life. It really changes your life. And not every parent, not every human has the ability to emotionally or psychologically really care for a child that is severely... Um, I mean, yeah. my heart is
1: prepared
0: for that. Yeah, um, and of course. So-, so I know, gosh, I know moms do what they have to do after the baby's born and they love them. And no, no matter what, of course. Uh Moms and dads. Sorry about that. Yeah, right. but it is kind of hard because then you're like, okay, now we're at this point where it's still a stressful and a scary situation to be in from 24 to 30 weeks, or 28 it weeks. It is.
1: Yeah, and I think getting to 28 is a big milestone. Yeah, me My too. My biggest no. fear, and I don't, I'll just kind of put this out there, and then I don't think I even really want to talk about it. But the biggest fear I have is like losing the baby due to something catastrophic and losing my uterus all at once. Because I know at this point, since I have a and what they've said, unless they're wrong, and doctors are sometimes wrong, who knows? There's mm-hmm. always that tiny chance. Yeah, he told true. me, he said, in your particular case, because I specifically asked him, he said, I don't think there's any hope of saving your uterus. He said, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say 100%. It's not possible because I can be wrong. But he said, you know, that's not something I would be holding out hope for yeah. in your particular situation.
0: That's good. I mean, that's honest advice. I mean, that's all we can ask for, right? It
1: is. So that scares me, but I just try not to think about
0: that. Yeah, no, we're not going to think about that.
1: There's that going on, but I'm really grateful to be pregnant. I still can't believe... No, you always hear stories of people that are like, I struggled, I did fertility treatments, whatever, and then... All of a sudden, like, after I had that baby, I just got pregnant. And you're thinking, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> you
0: know, it's so weird. You know, after reading and reading so many, because I got obsessed. Like, when I couldn't conceive, I was just finding all that information that I can. That's how I cope. After reading so many people's stories, I started kind of seeing a pattern where, like, if women would do IVF then and it would fail, they would get pregnant. Or if they had a baby and they wanted to have another one, they'd get pregnant afterwards. It's like... They, their ovaries get jump-started or something.
1: I wonder if there's you... something
0: different. Yeah, but I've seen it kind of happen. I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a stigma, an embarrassment. Like, you should be embarrassed if you're trying to conceive over 40. Do you feel that way, too? I do. I hear that from a lot of women. Now, I have not
1: personally dealt with that as much, probably because I have a really small social circle. So. Okay. I guess, and I, I work from home, so I don't have to go into an office. I think I would feel really uncomfortable if I were going into an office. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, because when you're in office, especially in office with other women that are about your age or perhaps older, right. all you kind of hear is, when I like when I was getting remarried at an older age, it was like, oh, you're not going to have more kids, are you? Oh, gosh, thank God you're done having kids, or he doesn't want more kids, does he? Right. And it's like, okay. Right. It's like, I never once heard, oh, actually, one one time I did hear, you know, oh, that's so great that you guys are going to have a baby, but no one else was very supportive of that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Which is to be expected. I mean, they're becoming grandmas, I guess, most of them. I think
1: so, but it makes it all the more lonely for people that yeah. are trying to do it. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's another piece of,
0: like,
1: I don't know, but, like, judgment and negativity and stuff and lack of support that you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I was lucky not to not to get too much of that, but um, I, I do hear that from a lot of women, honestly. But I do want to see you have this baby. And you know, like I said, you were an inspiration. I wouldn't have thought it's gone all out and much so. I mean, you know, to me,
0: well, so. yeah, you you probably would have um, It maybe just would have taken you one month longer, six months longer, whenever you would have ran across it. Well, that about wraps up my questions for today. I so appreciate you being here. Well, I'm grateful to get to join you on your show. Of course, of course. And we'll have you back again. I'm BK. I can never do a podcast of myself again. I just know that now. I can't. I am. Can you imagine, like, just that obsessive? nitpicky dark place you go to when you're editing your own voice. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be able to do my own voice for the whole podcast. Again, that's just too hard or sound like a complete idiot. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you next Saturday.